at the right time when I least expected never behind so why would I be surprised when you deliver me every time oh mountain tops you stay the same when the valley's low you never change and I believe for that I will see the goodness of the Lord when I'm confident oh as seasons change your faithfulness remains you go Go before me, oh, to prepare a blessing you may create. And it's more than I could imagine, more than I could fathom or comprehend. Oh, mountaintops, you stay the same in the valleys alone. You never change, and I believe all that I will see with oh, the goodness of the Lord. And I'm confident, for seasons change, and your faithfulness remains. Will you go before me to prepare a blessing you may go away? And it's more than I could imagine, more than I could fathom or comprehend. On the mountain tops, you stay the same. In the valleys, Lord, you never change. Cause I believe all that I will see the goodness of the Lord. And I'm confident all the seasons change, your faithfulness remains. And I believe all that I will see the goodness of the Lord. I'm confident as seasons change, your faithfulness remains. God of my present. God of my future, you read my story, you hold it all together. God of my present, God of my future, you read my story, you hold it all together. God of my present, God of my future, you read my story. You hold it all together, 
present God of my future You run my story You hold it all together You are the Alpha And the Omega You're in the middle You hold it all together You are the Alpha And the Omega You're in the middle You hold it all together Cause I believe All that I will see The goodness of the Lord And I'm confident As seasons change Your faithfulness remains And I believe All that I will see Your goodness of the Lord I'm confident as seasons change your faithfulness remains your faithfulness remains that your faithfulness remains Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, your loving kindness, your mercies that are new every morning, and your promises that are yes and amen. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for never leaving us or forsaking us, always being there when we call, always being there when we cry out, always hearing, Father. Oh, yeah. Fullness of Eternal promise Stirring in your sons and daughters And earth revealing heaven's wonder Spirit come Spirit come When you spoke is now unfolding and all your children shall be holding Dreams awaking in this morning Spirit come Spirit come oh, Spirit come Spirit come Pour it out Let your love run over here and now let your glory fill this place pour it out let your love run over and here and now let your glory fill this house now the world awaits your promise And this power is within us We will rise to be your witness Spirit come Spirit come Now this world awaits your presence 
And this power is within us We will rise to be your witness Oh Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come We'll pour it out let your love run over here and now let your glory fill this house pour it out let your love run over here and now let your glory fill this house tongues of fire Testifying of the Son, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come, tongues of fire. Testifying of the Son, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come. Oh, come, oh. Pour it out, let your love run over, and here and now, let your glory fill this house. Pour it out, let your love run over, and here and now, let your glory fill this house. Let our hearts continue burning For your King is soon returning As we hold to this assurance Spirit come, Spirit come Let our hearts continue burning For our King soon returning As we hold to this assurance Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come Pour it out Let your love run over here and now, let your glory fill this house. Pour it out, let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory fill this house. Oh, pour it out, let your love run over. Oh, here and now. Let your glory fill this house and pour it out. 
Let your love run over And here and now Let your glory fill this house Let your glory fill this house Father, come and fill this house Let your glory fill this house Come and fill us up Oh, fill this house Come and feel the sounds Tongues of fire Testifying of the song One desire Spirit come, Spirit come Speak revival Prophesy like it is done One desire Spirit come Pour it out Let your love run over And here and now Let your glory fill this house Pour it out Let your love run over And here and now let your glory fill this house As the road may seem Follow where your spirit leads Broken as my life may be I will give you every peace I hear you call I am available And I say yes Lord And I am Available Where I am with open hands Counting on your grace again All less of me and more of you And I just want to see you move I hear you call I am available I say yes Lord I am available and I hear you call And I am available And I say Yes, Lord I am available Here I am here I am, 
can have it all. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. Father, you can have all every part of me. Every part of me, Father. It's all yours as you are my Lord. My Savior. You can have it all. For the one who gave me life, nothing is a sacrifice. Use me how you want to, God. Have your throne written on my heart As I hear you call I am available I say yes Lord I am Available, I hear you call. I am available. I say, Yes, Lord, I am available. Here I am, here I am, you can have it all, you can have it all, here I am, here I am, you can have it all, you can have it all, here I am. Here I am You can have it all You can have it all Right now, Father, right where we're at We lay it before you Everything that is in us All of our hopes, all of our dreams All of our preconceived plans All of our desires all of our wants, even our needs. We lay them before you, Father. You can have them all. It's all for your glory. It's all to give you praise. You're worthy of every bit of it. Have your way in our lives, Father. Make your desires our desires. Make your plans for us the plans that we desire. Our dreams, your dreams for us. Your plans are so much better than ours. 
Father, that's why we want to lay our hearts down. God, that's why we want to lay our dreams down. That's why I want to lay all my dreams and my hopes down. Because, Father, if I achieve them, it comes to my glory. But, God, if I do the things that you want done, the things that, that sometimes that I think is impossible, God, you get all the glory. You get all the praise and all the honor because I know without a shadow of a doubt that it's not because of me. I know, Father, sometimes we get nervous because the plan, when you, when you lay out a plan for us, it seems impossible. But, Father God, you're the God of impossibilities. You're the God that can do all things. How much more glory do you get when I can't do it on my own? How much glory, how much more glory do you get when I can't see the way out? And then somehow it comes through. You get all of the glory, all of the praise, and all of the honor. You're worthy, Father. You're worthy. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, to you are all things, you deserve glory. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, to you are all things, you deserve the glory. your glory fills this place you alone deserve our praise you're the name above all names be exalted now in the heavens as your glory fills this place you alone deserve our praise you're the name above all names be exalted now in the heavens as your glory fills this place, you alone deserve our praise. You're the name above all names, be exalted now in the heavens. As your glory fills this place, you, you alone deserve our praise. You're the name above all names, be exalted now in the heavens. As your glory fills this place, 
you alone deserve our praise you're the name above all names be exalted now in the heavens as your glory fills this place you alone deserve our praise you're the name above all names your name jesus you deserve the praise worthy is your name worthy is your name jesus you deserve the praise worthy is your name worthy is your name jesus you deserve the praise and worthy is your name worthy is your name jesus you deserve the praise worthy is your name worthy is your name jesus you deserve the praise worthy is your name Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is the name Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy, 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 
worthy, worthy, worthy is your name. Be exalted now in the heavens as your glory fills this place. You alone deserve our praise. Holy is your name. Be exalted now in the earth. As your glory fills this place, you, you alone deserve our praise. You're the name above all names. Holy, holy. Holy, holy. Holy is your name. The Lord of God, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy is the Lord God. Holy is the Lord God. Holy is the Lord God, and worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised, worthy to be praised. You are holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty. Was and is and is to come. And holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Was and is and is to come. We holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Was and is and is to come. You're holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Was and is and is to come. You're worthy of it all. Worthy of it all. Fall from you over all. To you are all things, you deserve the glory. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. And for from you are all things, to you are all deserve the Father, we just bless you in this place tonight. 
You're worthy, your glory, majesty, power, glory and honor belongs to you, O oh God. You're worthy of all praise and worship. What a privilege it is to come into this place and set aside the events of the day and be ushered into your presence, Lord God, to be able to just come into your presence and in that place find refreshment for our souls and our minds and our bodies, Lord God. What a privilege. Now, Father, we know that you have a purpose tonight. You have something for each and every one of us here. So we simply ask, let your Holy Spirit do what you've commissioned him to do. He's the moderator. He's the overseer. He's the administrator of your church. So help us to be sensitive to what he is saying what he desires to do tonight that you get all the glory for it Father we pray for our our children and our tweens and youth Lord God that you would minister to them tonight that you would touch them Lord in a mighty and powerful way thank you for all those who are giving of their time minister to them God let there be a special blessing upon each and every one of them even all the way to the nursery Lord God we thank you for that and we ask it in Jesus name tonight amen and amen why don't you take a moment and just turn and greet a couple people maybe you've not didn't get to say hello to Maybe they came afterwards. Praise the Lord. Anybody have a uh, testimony or praise report or just something. All right. It went up fast. Yes. I'm very, very I excited like about what the Lord is doing in my life at this moment. Um, I have a new grandson. He's about two months old. And he had like yellowing of his eyes and yellowing of his skin. And he was jaundiced way beyond what he should have been. Um, God is so good. Thank you, Lord. Um, the doctors were worried it might have been his liver, that he might have had some problems with his liver function, and they ran tests on him the Friday that Jason Beard came. Um, we brought him in for prayer, and Jason prayed over him and gave him a prayer cloth to take home with him. And Sunday afternoon, Kurt and I continued to pray over him, and we saw... The baby's eyes go from being yellow that morning to white that afternoon. Amen. The color of his eyes changed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kurt was like, Heidi, I think his eyes changed. I was like, I saw it too. I saw it too. They changed. Um, 
and we got a report the next morning from the doctor's office from the liver results, the test they had done, and the, the test was good. It was a good report. So we just praise you and we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the healing of Roman. Um, also, I uh, had started taking uh, medication like sometime in June for some health issues I was having. Um, something came to light like during the course of me being on this medication uh, that I had like a genetic mutation happening and that I, then I was able to get on a whole food supplement. It's like a vitamin and I started taking this vitamin and my plan was to get enough of the vitamin in me that I could taper off of the medication because I don't like to take medication. I'm not a big medicine person. Um, that was the plan. I was going to taper off of it, right? Well, we were praying, we were fasting about it the week that Jason Beard came, really going after breakthrough for our family. And Sunday morning when I got up, the Lord said, stop taking that medicine. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I'm not supposed to. Is that you? Like they tell you, you cannot quit taking this medicine cold turkey. They strongly advise against it. You're supposed to taper off of it. But the Lord said, stop taking it. I stopped taking it. I was fine for a few days. Wanted to go read what the symptoms were, right? But I wasn't going to allow myself <laughs> to let fear in and come and take over faith that way. A few more days go by, and then I went and I read the symptoms, and I was like, wow, God, just wow. Because you are supposed to have, like, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, seizures, uh, irrational behavior, just, just this onslaught, this slew of side effects you're supposed to have when you're getting off of it, and I had none. And I just thank you and praise you for that, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Yes, I heard that. There's a song breaking out. <laughs> Anybody else? Just maybe... Something that the Lord just blessed you, something you read, something you heard that just ministered to you in a special way. This is an opportunity to share. Hang on a second. You don't have to get up. I bring the microphone to you so you don't have to get up. Well, Sunday after she prayed with me, um, I felt like a relief off of my mind. I just was crying. I'm a mom of three, and they're all under six, so it's, I'm busy, 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 busy. But I just felt relaxed, like, just felt good after that. Like, and I thank you so much. I thank you all so much for praying with me that day. Amen. That's what the church is supposed to do. That's what the church is supposed to do. That's right. Anybody else? No? That's good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, I was going to point out a few things tonight. I want to read from Second Peter chapter 3, I mean, and verses 13, 14, and the first part of 15. Um, Peter's writing in his his last letter he says but we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised a world filled with God's righteousness how many of you are looking for that I mean wouldn't that be nice to have right now 
But he goes on, he says, and so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, boy, got to wait. How many of you are like me? You're not good at waiting. We want it yesterday, right? But he says, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives. (laughs) We had to put that word in there. Peaceful, like be at peace, live peacefully. And then he goes on and says, that are pure and blameless in his sight. And then the first part of verse 15 says, and remember the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. But when you're sitting there going, why, God, why are we having to wait? And then he goes, don't forget this part. He goes, while you're waiting for the promises. See, it's real easy to get wrapped up in the promises that God has given us and saying, that's what we're living for. That's what we want. That's, you know. Then he goes on and says, but while you're waiting, here's how you're to live. And remember that the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. So he, uh, I, I, I titled this, I know it's going to sound crazy, Daydream Believers. <laughs> so I, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you how I came up with the title. <laughs> I, was, I was in a business the other day and the radio was you know, music was playing and an old song from the 60s came on by the monkeys called daydream believer it's an interesting story behind that song how it was written and everything anyway but i just kept hearing that that part daydream believer and it's like it just kind of was impressed on me daydream believer and now um the concept of daydreaming is not usually in a positive uh, and when it's used in our vocabulary or whatever. When you think about it, it's usually associated with being lazy. When I was in school, um, there was always two or three students that you just catch them and they were in la-la land all the time, you know. And uh, when I was in a parochial school, especially one year, I mean, uh, that nun, she'd buy yardsticks by the case, and she'd walk around with a yardstick, just slapping her beads on the side of her like that. And she'd walk around, and if you, she caught you just gazing off to wherever, you were going to get a yardstick across your head, back, hands, whatever. And if it broke, she made you go get another one out of the box. And um, I don't know why, but I remember her name. I think it's because she'd made it, she made a few of those impressions on me. And um, so daydreaming, you know, I, I would hear that all the time growing up as a kid. Quit daydreaming. Get busy with what you're supposed to be doing. You know, get, you know. <clears throat> and so I kind of just looked up the, the word daydream. And, and uh, it's used in two different ways, an adjective and a verb. And as an adjective, it's a word that describes or qualifies a noun or pronoun, and it means of no real worth or importance or significance, frivolous, 
meaningless or senseless. Now, I believe that there's a time to take, pull back from things and just sit and let God speak to you and dream of what could be. Uh, you know, let him speak to you in that way. But that's not a daydream. That's kind of meditating and being open to the, the speaking of the Lord. But as, as an adjective here, it basically says, you know, I, a simple sentence would be like, they, they live in a daydream. <laughs> they're not in the real world. They're just, they're in their own world. They're on their own, you know, that kind of thing. Um, as a verb, it means to show an action or indicate the existence of a state of, or condition. It means to pass time doing nothing, disengaged from the load. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes I think it would be good to be disengaged from the load. How about you? Uh, but I don't know that daydreaming is the thing to do because dreaming of what never could be or whatever. Um, in, Coloss in, in, a, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 10 through 20, I want to go through this and look at this. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Now, if we're going to pull back and think, he says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Isn't that interesting? Because... A lot of what it's being taught today is that we're just to get along. We're to be, uh, um, we should be quiet, we should be loving, we, and, and we should be. But at the same time, it says, don't take part in those evil things, but instead expose them. Now, some people would think um, exposing it would be like to get on a soapbox and expose it. But again, he said, be carefully to determine what pleases the Lord. And I think what exposes them more than getting on a soapbox, so to speak, and declaring you sinners, you reprobate, whatever, you know, is living the light. Living the light and bringing the comparison and letting people see it. And he goes on in verse 12, he says, is it shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret? But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I'll tell you just a humorous little story about this. We had, when I was in Bible school, um, we had a week-long meeting of um, one or two different ministers that came and um, kind of like our weekend thing with you know with Jason that was here we had a whole week of that and so you take a whole student body and and these speakers coming in powerful speakers coming in and ministering and um, one of them really all he talked about was prayer he talked about prayer. Every meeting he talked about was pray, pray, prayer, 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 the power of prayer, authority of prayer, 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 prayer. I mean, he, he just pray, he, he talked about prayer. And men, I mean, half the student body, we got on a conviction that we weren't praying enough. And so we, I, I remember I led, I, I, was, I, was, I was just a freshman in school, but I, 
I always got appointed to be the leader, it seemed like, and I led this coalition of students to go to the president of the school and said, we would like to come to the church like at 4.30 in the morning, for, you know, every morning and, 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 and spend an hour or two in prayer. And he said, no. <laughs> and they said, what do you mean, no? He said, we got done talking a whole week about prayer. We got to pray. We got to pray. He said, first of all, he said, most of you are working. Not only that, you're going to school full time. And he said, I don't mind like a morning of prayer or a day of prayer or something, but every single day is not going to work. He said, besides, nobody's going to come unlock the church at 4.30 in the morning for you. And so, um, you know, we walked away dejected, and I, and, and, and I told a friend of mine, I said, if I'm not mistaken, the back window to the kitchen doesn't lock. I got in a lot of trouble. I almost got kicked out of school several times. And sure enough, that little window, if you've ever lived in Florida, they had the little crank windows that open up like that, you know? And so uh, that thing, it didn't lock, man. I knew if you pulled on it, that, that little thing would spin, you know, and you could get in. So I, I jumped up there, and I was a lot smaller than I am now. And, and uh, I was still, you know, I mean, I wasn't that puny tiny, but I mean... I squeezed my way through, jumped over the sink, and ran through the kitchen and all the way around and unlocked the side door or opened the side door. Thank goodness they didn't have alarms on the doors and stuff back there and because uh, I, I didn't, we didn't even think about that. And So I let all the students in, man, and we were praying. Man, we were praying, 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 praying. And we did this for like four or five mornings without getting caught. We knew when the kitchen crew showed up, so we were getting out, you know, a dodge, and we thought we were doing God right, you know. I mean, now stop and think about it. We're in rebellion against authority. How much do you think God's hearing our prayers? But, you know, I mean, we were young and full of zeal, but not too much wisdom. And, and um, uh, so anyway, about the sixth morning of doing this, Man, everybody, you know, the first couple of days, everybody's amped up, you know, but, but by the sixth day, everybody's kind of dragging, and half the people that had been showing up weren't showing up, but I propped that window open, and I climbed through, and I opened the side door, and everybody came in, and um, uh, we started walking around the church and stuff, but it was funny. A lot of the students would lay on, on the altar area, like it was about an area about this high, and it was all the way around. And they would just lay out like this, you know. And, and um, uh, I remember praying and walking around, and I, I was convinced I heard snoring several times, you know. But I, I thought, well, you know, maybe they're praying. Who knows, you know. And um, so, but this one morning, I remember I was exhausted. And I was working 75 hours a week, plus going to school full time. And I didn't get in until 2 in the morning from my job. So here I am getting up at 4.30, go and lock the church. And um, uh, I don't care how spiritual you are, your body will wear out quick. And um, so I climbed through the window, got everybody in, everything else. And I, I went to a, a pew on the far aisle of the church and found what the side of the pew. And I just leaned up against it. Andrew was kind of like this, you know, praying. And man, I... Boom. My head hit the back of that pew, man, like 
about three times it dumped it. You know, I mean, oh man. And and um, I, and then so I just I said, well, let me read my Bible. And I woke up and I saw this scripture. It was the first verse I saw. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. And I saw that, and it was like God was like, whoa! And so all of a sudden I jump up and I grab my Bible and I'd yell, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. And all of a sudden about 35 people stood up, whoa, glory, glory, like that. And uh, I got called aside during breakfast, and, and evidently somebody had been let in on what we'd been doing. And I, 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 t I remember telling Brother Ken, the president, I said, I won't do it anymore. I'm sorry. He said, you'll clean toilets for the next month. And I said, yes, sir. And I said, as long as it's not at 4.30. <laughs> you know. And um, so that verse has always stuck in my mind because of that one thing. It was funny how many people jumped up off the pews, the floor, the the platform, they were walking around praising God, and I thought, you know what, this is dumb. And then I found the verse that says, God gives his beloved sleep. <laughs> and I hung on to that one. <laughs> anyway, he says, <clears throat> he's talking about this, he says, uh, talking about their evil intentions will be exposed for when the light makes everything visible. And he said, this is why it is said Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So let me just break this down real quick. The word awake means to waken or to rouse. Okay? Literally, from sleep, that's what it means. From, or from sitting or from lying. It, it could be from even sickness or disease. Um, uh, but, it, you know, it's like... When you go in, if you've had if you got kids or have had kids, and it's time for them to get up for school, and you go in to wake them up, come on, come on, come on, you know. At first you're like, let's go, it's time to get up, you know. About the third time, it's like, this is your last warning, you know. Get up or suffer the consequences, right? I mean, that's to awaken, to arouse. Figuratively means to uh, uh, awaken from obscurity or non-existence, or whatever. And then he used the word sleep. And, and literally, he's talking about sleeper, is someone who falls asleep. He's, he's talking about literally and figuratively. Somebody that literally falls asleep or figuratively falls asleep is what? Is a person who it becomes no longer aware of what's going on around them, right? They're just oblivious to what's going on. And then he says, arise, from the dead uh, means to stand up. And I think that's why when I saw it, wake or sleep or rise from the dead. And I just stood up and then I yelled it out. And I just, I didn't even read the rest of it. Wake or sleeper, rise from the dead. Wake or sleeper. And man, I mean, the people were jumping up, popping up like popcorn all over the place. But I mean, um, it means to stand up, to get up from your resting place. That's what it means. So rouse yourself, awaken yourself, whether it's in a figurative way here, from, from your, in your spiritualness or your spiritual walk, and stand up, okay? So 
uh, we don't want to be daydream believers. We don't want to be believers who just daydream and, and oblivious to what God's doing, oblivious to what the world's doing, everything else. So let me give you three things, just three simple things tonight. And the first one is how to live with purpose. How do you live in today's world? You have to live with purpose, okay? So let's go back and look at this. Ephesians 5, 15, 16. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. And, and if you want to break that down, it, it, the word there means aimless or without focus. Now, when we think of fools, I think of a person who's foolish. But that's not what it really means. That's not what the word is. The root word there is means don't live aimless or don't live without focus. Don't just drift on through the day and at the end of the day go, where did the day go? You know? That's what, it, that's what it means. He says, but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And remember, he was talking about waiting. While you're waiting in patience, he said, this is how you live. Don't live without a focus. Don't live without just aimless. Don't just, you know, being pushed along with the crowd, so to speak. Uh, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So this speaks of purpose uh, in what you do. And, and I break that down even more by saying, what is the reason behind what and why you do? What you do and why you do it. What's the reason behind it? And, and, um, and, and so you have to have purpose. You have to have a reason. And I want to tell you that in your walk with God, it, it will grow. It will change over time. But you begin with the basics, with the fundamentals, the, with the basic things. My focus is to walk with God. My focus is to get to know the Lord better. My, my desire is to know him through his word. My desire is to know the Holy Spirit. And then once those things, those foundations are laid, then my desire is to grow in that relationship. And that covers a multitude of different things. So you can't just live with the same purpose forever. I mean, I've heard people say that before. Well, my, I'm, I'm just living to go to heaven. Well, you're living to go to heaven, but then you ain't there. What are you going to do before, while you, until you get there? You know, so you have to have purpose. What is it you do and why do you do it? Because if you can't answer the why, you'll quit doing the what. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You know, when, you were little, when, when my kids were little, when I was little, and my parents would tell me to do something, and I'd say, why? And they said, because I said so. That's the, only, that's the only answer I got. When, when I became... In my early teens, my, my father, who was military, uh, saw that I was becoming rebellious. And I wasn't becoming rebellious. There's, there's a chemical reaction that begins to happen in the brain. And, and that is, as we enter puberty, our lives change, but certain chemicals are released. And, and whereas children cannot think in abstract form, per se, we now can I remember the day I came home from school in first grade and asked my mom, where did God come from? And my mom sat me down and said, God always has been, always was. And I remember saying, 
Okay. That's all I need to know. Jesus said, you've got to have faith like a child. And I just said, okay. But when I became a teenager, and a, and a number of things happened to me, I began to question the things that I had been taught. And it was looked at as I was being rebellious, but it wasn't that at all. It's now that the mind is able to think complex thoughts and abstract and see past the, he always was. But I understand things that I never understood then. So now I'm questioning those things. And they thought it was being rebellious. And I wasn't being rebellious. And my parents would say, you'll do what I tell you or suffer the consequences. But I suffered the consequences because I wanted to know the why. What was the reason behind doing it? And if I, once I understood the why, it was easier for me to do it. Then if I didn't do it, it was just outright rebellion. But I, I could understand the why, whereas a child doesn't need. It drives me crazy to see parents trying to reason with a four or five-year-old child. <laughs> you know, there's no reasoning with them. They want their way, and that's all there is to it, you know. And, uh, but, but when uh, kids get older... They begin to question things. We need to have an answer for them, just as you would have a conversation with an adult. And so when I say, um, what is the reason that you do, and what is the why behind it? Because if you say, well, I just do this because this is what pastor says we're supposed to do, that is a horrible reason. And you'll quit doing it at some point. When some test comes your way, you'll quit doing it. Unless you know why you're doing what you're doing, you'll stop. The enemy will trick you. He'll, he'll deceive you. He'll, he'll talk you out of it. Somebody will. I'm just telling you. So <clears throat> we need to live with purpose, okay? Second thing is we need to live with understanding. And this morning in my prayer time here at the church, I prayed probably 30 minutes or more for you and others and for the church as a whole, the body of Christ, that God would give them understanding. Knowledge is one thing, but without wisdom, the knowledge is useless. Because I know smart people who are not smart enough to get in out of the rain. And I know people who are uneducated, but they have a lot of wisdom. But when you combine knowledge with wisdom, you gain understanding. And that is a powerful level in itself. So once we know the reason for our living, what is the purpose for our living? Why are we do, do we do what we do? You know, the, when you, I remember, um, when I didn't get called to be a pastor. Um, I felt a call on my life to preach. I didn't know what that meant. I wasn't raised in a church that taught that kind of thing. And um, I got involved in the ministry for a couple of years, my wife and I, when we first got married. And I got uh, burned by people in the church. And I said, I'm going back in the business world. And I'm just going to raise money and give it to missionaries. And that'll be my, my thing, you know. And, and, and I did that. But, but uh, my, my point is saying, but that wasn't what I was called to do. And so I could do the things that I did, and God blessed me in it, but the fulfillment 
wasn't there. And I had to come to a place of understanding that I could do other things. And God would bless me. But nothing like what he would do if I would do what he'd called me to do. Now that's for me. Whatever he's called you to do, you have to do. All right? And, 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 and so it didn't start off with preaching in a pulpit. It started teaching with five um, uh, junior high kids. That's where it started. And as time went by, it went to something else, and it grew into something else, and it grew into something else. So I had to, under, I had to begin to live with understanding. Verse 17 of Ephesians 5 says, Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, I know that, that, that for years they said the number one title of books in Christian bookstores year after year after year was How to Know the Will of God. It probably still is right up there near the top because people want to know what, why am I here, what's the purpose. But it says here, understand what the Lord wants you to do. And, and so you look at those two phrases there, understand. The word understand means to put together or comprehend. Understand from a, big, from a bigger picture than where you're at right now. Um, see the puzzle pieces fitting together. You may not get it all at one time, but you can see how God begins to move in your life and place you here and put people in your life and whatever. And eventually it begins to make a picture. And that picture begins to come together. So it says, to put together or comprehend. And it says, understand what the Lord wants you to do. What the will of the Lord is, one translation says. And that is to determine God's specific decree or desire for you. And then I put in parentheses there, at the present time. Because I've seen this... I can't tell you how many times and people be the thing that trips them up. They think that God's called them to do some whatever. It doesn't matter. It could be revolutionary in the business world. It could be um, a full-time missionary overseas. It could be uh, a teach. It could, it could be some vocational trade. It could be an inventor. It could be anything. But they're looking way out there and they're missing the fact that they've got to get from here to there. And they're going to stumble and fall. And, and if they're not aware, they have to determine what the Lord's will is for them at that specific time. That's so why the Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do with all your might as unto the Lord. Do whatever you do as unto the Lord. If you're faithful in the little things, then he will give you more that he can entrust you with. So that's why I say, find out what God's desire is for you at this point in your life. And don't fret over it. Don't sit there and go, I don't see where this is going. You don't have to. He already knows. He just knows you need to be able to trust him in this. And will you do this? Will you, will you walk this way? Will you, if, if some, an opportunity comes and you pray about it and you have peace about it, 
Would you be willing to walk through it? And you might say, I don't see anything positive coming out of this. But if we sat down and shared some stories tonight, we could all tell stories how God, we did something and didn't know how, and it opened a door 10 years, 5 years, 20 years down the road, and we can look back and say, that was what made the difference. Amen. You know, I was uh, telling someone the other day how... Um, that years ago when I was in the restaurant business and, and we were supposed to be in, in uh, opening a place in Alexander City, Alabama. And, but God knew that's not where we were supposed to be there. And so uh, an issue came up during the construction of that that changed that. We ended up in Crossfield, Tennessee because God knew that there was a pastor up there who was going to see me and the potential and the call on my life, and that I needed him. And so he caused that business situation to shut down and had me upset our apple cart, moved us all the way to Tennessee, and that's where my daughter was born. But it was my mentor that changed my life. In fact, he's the reason I live in Louisiana today. And I can look back and I can see that I just had to take the steps that were in front of me, trusting that God is in it. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So when we have plans and we think God wants us to go this way, and it doesn't quite go that way, we have to go with the flow. And sometimes the flow comes right back on us. And you sit there, why did I have to do that? God's trying to teach us something. You may not understand it at that moment. But you say, well, why did God, it looked like it was going to be a beautiful thing and it blew up and it just like was the worst case of horrible experience in my life. Why? God's got something in there to teach you. And so he says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what God, what the Lord wants you to do. And I say, at this moment, if you can't do what he's called you to do at this moment, wherever he's called you to do it. I, I remember I had a lady years ago in a church, and she kept coming. Every week she'd come to me and say, Pastor, pray for me. That I could have another job. Please pray that God would give me another job. I just want to, I hate the people I work with. I hate living in, working in that place. They're just ungodly. Just, she said, I just wish I could have a job like you in the church where it's so peaceful. And I said, if you only knew. I said, let me just help you out a little bit. The church is filled with people. And none of them are perfect. <laughs> and... Um, but she would say, I just, just pray God to give me a different job. Pray to God. And that, I remember after about a couple months of this, every week she'd come and ask me to pray with her. I said, I'm not going to pray with you anymore. She said, you have to. You're my pastor. I said, no, I don't. I said, have you considered the fact that God hasn't given you another job because the problem is not the job. The problem is you. I tried to say it nicely, but I don't know if it came across that way. <laughs> I think she had that deer in the headlights look at first, you know, then she was getting mad, you know. When you see that, you back up a step or two, because the purse, purse can reach you a long way, you know. And um, she said, I don't 
like what you're implying. And I said, I'm not implying anything. I said, where's light shine the brightest? In darkness. Where are you at? In darkness. Are you shining? Are you whining? Ooh, that's a bumper sticker thing right there. <laughs> are you shining or are you whining? And she said, I just don't like it. I said, but if God put you there, then plant, you know, bloom where you're planted. Amen. Quit trying to get out of the job that God's placed you. Quit looking at it that it's all about you. It's all about those that are all around you. You're supposed to be reaching them. And if you're whining and complaining, they don't want what you have. Well, for a week or so, I didn't see her. And then a week later or so, she showed up back in church. About two or three weeks later, she came to me. She said, Pastor, I just got to tell you something. What's happening at work? I said, what's happening at work? She goes, people are talking to me now. I said, they didn't talk to you before? She goes, no, they run. She said, they're talking to me now. And she says, I actually got to witness to somebody the other day about the Lord. I said, oh, isn't that interesting? I said, see, God's not going to move you until you learn something. Why would he move you from that? And um, uh, don't, now don't, if, if you come to me and say, just help me get out of my job, I'll pray with you. But <laughs> you just take that to heart. Maybe God's got you there for a reason. You know, let's look at the third thing. So we we so we've got a um, uh, he says he says you, we, we we've got to understand what we're going on. We have to we have to we have to live with purpose. Then we have to live with understanding, and then we have to live with passion. Years ago, when the internet first came out and chat rooms first started up, first I mean first started up, it was so. I mean, there was no Windows or Mac or nothing. It was just DAW. It was just like letters, and it was just chatting, you know, online. And I was in a group with some youth pastors, and I had just um, moved from being a youth pastor to starting a church. And they were saying, what's the number one thing that's necessary in your life uh, for uh, being a good youth pastor or whatever? And I let them talk for a good while, chat back and forth. And then I kind of jumped on, and I said, I said, you must have passion for what you're doing. And, you know, they all said the right things, like you've got to have you know, the, the Word of God in you. You've got to have the Spirit of God in you. You've got to, yeah, those all things. I said, but if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, I said, I said you're, you're dead on the inside, and your ministry's dead. You've got to have a passion for it. And... Um, I said, it's like, the difference is like throwing a match on, you know, some twigs or whatever, and it's slightly burning, but throw some gasoline on it and watch what happens. And that's what passion does. It just takes it and amplifies it. Um, Ephesians 5 and 18 to 20 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Um, I, I just want to focus on that part. It says, he, he said, he's saying, he said, give thanks, be filled with the Spirit, he said, and sing songs, spiritual songs. He's uh, making music to the Lord in your hearts. He's talking about the way you live your life, that that becomes a song. And, um, and, and, and it becomes the passion. It's the thing that drives you. It's the thing that keeps you going. When you don't want to go, that's the thing that gets you up and keeps you moving, okay? Um, and, and he says, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And, and I'm going to take this and say that, that, that what he's talking about here is in your thoughts and your feelings, in the area of your passion, um, because thoughts are so many times are negative. Um, our feelings are negative. But when we sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in our hearts to the Lord, it changes your thoughts. It changes your feelings. It changes all those things. Uh, Psalms 103 is a great example. You know it. I'm not going to go back to it. But if you go back and read it, the, the psalmist is writing, and it's almost like there's a tug of war that's going on. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, he goes on. He, he just goes on. He crowneth thee with loving kindness. And he, he's, you know what's happening? The, 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 the spirit and the soul, the soul is the thought and the will and the emotions, are having a tug of war. And he's saying, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And the soul's going, I don't feel like it. Not today. And then he's going, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I can't think of anything. And then he goes, who, and then he begins to list the benefits. He goes, he says, don't you remember when he did this? And don't you remember when he did this? And don't, and, and there's this, this, this tug of war that's going on. And, and that's a daily thing in our lives. We have to, we have to, to stand up and, 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 and do this. We have to, Make songs and hymns and praise and, and give God the glory and, and all of those things. I mean, whatever it takes. Some of, if you're into journaling, then do that. I mean, but, but make sure that your journal, I mean, like the Psalms, a lot of times David or the Psalmist would begin and he'd say, Lord, where are you? My enemies surround me. They're, they're planting, you know, they're plotting against me. They're doing, and it really always starts off negative, but by the end he goes, but you, oh God, are my salvation. You, you know, sometimes you got to write it down to kind of get it out, you know. I, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I used to journal and do that and and I'm like, now I just got to talk it out loud with God, you know. And um, he says, make music in your heart to the Lord. The last two verses, Proverbs 4 and 20, it says, above all else. In other words, above all the things you can do, he says, guard your heart. Because out of it flow the very wellsprings of life. So, so it's we don't, we're not called to be daydream believers. We're, we're called to live with purpose, 
and we're, we're called to live with a passion, and we're called to do what God's called us to do, wherever it is that he's called us to do it, and we're to do it with understanding. Romans 13 and 11 says this, do this understanding the present time. Now, look, I, I can say a lot of things about that, but we can look all around us and see what's happening and say, there's things happening in the world. God is up to something. But at the same time, understanding that we're in the waiting period. We're waiting. We, we, are, we have received salvation, but we're waiting for our redemption, Amen. our Redeemer, to make that complete. I mean, it's paid for. The Holy Spirit's the down payment, right? So it's, it's paid for. But we're waiting for him to come. When While we're waiting, we're to live with understanding and we're to live with passion and that we're to do it with understanding the present time. He says, for the hour has come for you, he's talking to believers, you to wake up from, there it is again, wake up from your slumber. Why? Because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That's awesome. Every day you wake up, we're a little bit closer. Amen. And you'd say, but Lord, why not today? Could be today. But remember, the patience of the Lord is so that others can be saved. So part of me says, Lord, come quickly. And the other part of me says, give me one more day to share Jesus with somebody. Right? Understanding the present hour. So I want to close tonight, and I want us to pray together. I want to take a moment for us to pray together. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, 18, and 19. Of all the passages in Scripture that I pray, there's probably 50 or 60 of them that I pray. This one I pray every week, sometimes multiple times per week. And it's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 19. I forgot to put the reference up there. I'm sorry. But you can take <clears throat> these three verses and you can personalize them. And that's what I do. And that's what I pray. Paul wrote to the, the believers there in Ephesus, and he says, I keep asking that the, Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And it's a very simple way to pray this, the power of the scriptures by personalizing it, taking it out of the tense that it's written in and praying it this way. And just, you know, pray it the way that God leads you to pray it. But, you know, I'll, I will take it and I'll just say, Lord, I'm asking you, God, you're the Father of, of my Lord Jesus Christ. You're a glorious Father. And I pray that you would give me the spirit 
of wisdom and revelation. I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation for the day in which we live. You call us to live and understanding the time. I can only understand that which you reveal and show me. Paul prayed for us that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So God, I pray today that the spirit of wisdom take the knowledge that I have, bring application, and the application brings understanding, which is revelation. Facts and figures Verses of scripture in and of themselves without wisdom and understanding, God, they're almost helpless in this day and age. I need wisdom to have understanding. And then he goes on and says, so, and I pray that, that I may know you better. God, keep me from walking in the light that I have of yesterday. Yesterday's light is still good, but but God, you have something fresh and new, and I want to walk in that. I want to know you better. Paul would not have <clears throat> told me to this if you didn't have something else to show me, to reveal to me, to speak to me, to guide me with, to teach me, Lord. I want to know you better. So God, I pray that the eyes of my heart, God, that they would be enlightened, that you would expand and open them. The eyes of my heart, there it is again, God, the, the eyes of, of my heart where the very wellspring of life springs from. God, open my understanding. And in opening my understanding, let me hear as you hear. Let me feel as you feel. Let me see as you see. That my heart may be enlightened. And I pray that it would be enlarged. So that I may know the hope to which you have called me. That I might know the depth and breadth and width of the hope that you've called us to, God. You didn't call us just to hang on until Jesus comes. You said, go and preach the word. Go and take the land. Go and make disciples. Go in my name as ambassadors. That's what you've called us to do. So God, open our, the eyes of our hearts and give us enlightenment that we may know the hope to which you've called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance to your holy people. God, it means you've called us to live holy lives and that because we go after you and we, we, we live our life towards you, God, there is an inheritance. And that inheritance isn't just in the sweet by and by. God, it's, in, it's right here, right now. The blessings of God, the power of God, the authority that's found in your name. God is in the midst of your people. Because verse 19 says, it is an incomparably great power for us who believe. God, that power is meant for now. 
I do not need that power when I am surrounding your throne and special time and that time of worship in heaven. When I get to heaven, God, the power I need is, I don't need it. I need it now. And you said it's an incomparably great power. It's greater than anything we can even imagine. So enlighten our hearts. Give us understanding. Give us a passion, Lord God. Give us a courage. Give us a boldness, Lord God. To us who believe that we might do so living in patience, waiting for our Redeemer whose that day is closer than it's ever been before, and that you would get the glory for everything that comes out of our lives. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We don't need daydream believers in the church. We need real life believers. Amen. Anybody need prayer tonight? You need someone to join with you in prayer. Sharon?